Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from CAP President Bill Campbell. Also, we'll chat with the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Bob Lowe. And up first in today's country comment, we'll head out to Winkler to one of the stops on the series Global Seeds Insight Tour. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Series Global Seeds is hosting its Insight Tour this week. The group was set up at a plot just west of Winkler this morning. I caught up with Director of Sales and Marketing, Daniel Acuna. Today we're hosting our Winkler Insight Tour. That's with Series Global Seeds, which we are a proud distributor of Savita International Soybeans and Horizon Seeds Canada Corn. So it, being the fact that we are partnered up with two independent seed companies that we have access to in-house breeding and their genetic program allows us to have a robust portfolio and being able to tailor these varieties and hybrids suitable for the Western Canadian grower and even certain products that we have here. We have a new biological that we're looking at in Vita. We have several agronomic stations, both on corn and beans. We have a specialty crops uh, portion of the program as well. Uh, a horse uh, showcase and just anything tailored that happened throughout the year. It's a difficult year, but we're really looking forward to next year as well and seeing anything that we can do to, to in order to help and, and grow the the corn and soybean acres in Manitoba and Saskatchewan and Alberta is by providing these key agronomic services throughout, uh, throughout the day. You'll see that not only with our people, uh, the products that we have, the expertise, it's, it's a vast, robust portfolio and just seeing what we have to offer in the marketplace, it's, it's actually quite exciting. What's the response been uh, for the events here this week, um, people finally getting back out in the field? Really good. The the rain was a both a, a blessing in both uh, sides of it. Where guys won't be in the field today. It's a little bit wet and did did excellent things for the soybeans. The corn's struggling a little bit, but you know we're still going to be able to see something there. But it's it's been a great response so far. Anything else you wanted to highlight on on any of the uh, soybean or, or corn varieties or? Yeah, we have a brand, we have a brand new portfolio in, encompassing six new varieties on soybeans, on corn. It ranges from new varieties on grain, corn, silage, and also grazing. So, looking forward to the ultra early maturity and list variety that we have, ranging all the way through a full season uh, extend option that is going to be brand new to our portfolio. And on the corn front, we have early maturity grain corn from 72 day all the way up to 90 plus day on the silage front. So really a, a robust portfolio. It has everything that we see suitable in the area and beyond and we're looking forward to showcasing that today, Corey. Overall, how are the crops looking across the province? I know things are variable, but um, you know, how are things looking and how, how might this rain help as we get towards, uh, towards harvest? For soybeans, we, we see this a huge fit, especially on the mid-season to late season. On, on those fronts, we do see the soybeans filling and it's not going to hurt at all on the corn front. You know, it, it's it's minimal grain that we do see in some areas. Other areas are a little bit harder hit. It's unfortunate to see, but we can only move forward and, and look at next year as something to, to look after. So um, this year, it is what it is, but let's move on for, for next year. And we're, we're hoping for some more rain. Final thoughts? Tomorrow, we're actually in Bagot. We're just uh, about a mile and a half east of Bagot on the number one, and we're going to put on another big show again with, uh, with the showcase here that we're going to see today and all of our suppliers. So, no, looking forward to it. That was Daniel Acuna, Director of Sales and Marketing with Series Global Seeds.
The group's Insight Tour was in the Winkler area this morning. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The general manager of Manitoba Beef Producers says the drought situation remains dire. Here's Carson Callum. Posts on social media um, daily about uh, the conditions and how they're either completely desolate or deteriorating. And that's why it just producers need a bit of stability, a little bit of support, um, some understanding that egg recovery will be rolling forward within Manitoba. And as soon as Manitoba government can announce something to, to give a bit of uh, stability to producers, knowing that they may have some backing to be able to source some of this more you know, extraordinary costly feeds, you know, I think that's, that'll be extremely important just because it continues to deteriorate when we don't get rain. Last week, the federal government announced it's making $100 million available through the EGRA recovery framework. The province is currently reviewing its proposal. And Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is giving an update on the alfalfa crop. Here's Chair Larry Wegner. Well, second cut, a lot of it's been grazed because they're short. And third cut is practically non-existent. There are some guys who do have some good land and some moisture. So high water tables are getting a third cut, but they're very few and far between. And most of the second cut has gone just for grazing, just to keep the cattle herds going. MFDA is busy hosting regenerative egg farm tours this summer. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire. For Tuesday, August 10th, I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. On the show today, Glendalee Allen Vossler talks with the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Bob Lowe. Let's start by just getting you to kind of update us on the situation. We've been talking a lot about the impact that the drought and the wildfires have been having on cattle producers right from BC to Ontario. Bring us up to speed. What is the latest? Where do we sit? The drought is, it's still a drought and it's just getting bigger and faster. Um, You know, I don't believe we've ever seen this big a natural disaster in Canada. Uh, The the speed it's coming, it just, we can't catch a break, can't catch a drop of rain anywhere. From the fires in BC to the to the lack of production, crop production, well, grass, crop, hay, anything you want in across the prairies and into Ontario, and it's, I mean, it's it's devastating, is what it is, and there's no sign of any relief. And the thing is, it's as you mentioned, it's so widespread, not only in Canada but going right down to Mexico as well, and all of the producers yeah. trying to source food. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, there's a lot of hay from southern Alberta went to Montana. Um, no, we don't know what's left. We started combining, but we've got something to combine, but there's not going to be a lot of straw. Um, the grain in areas isn't bad. In other areas, it's it's a complete write-off. So, I, I you know, eastern Canada has record production year as far as hay. We're working on trying to figure out how to economically get that from the east to the west. That's still in motion, how that's going to work. Of course, the federal agriculture minister last week came out and announced uh, $100 million would be available under the the agri-recovery framework to help address the drought situation. 
and the costs that producers are dealing with. When you look at the fact, as we've talked about, the drought and wildfire situation covers half the country. A hundred million dollars doesn't really seem like it's going to go that far. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like like trying to pour a cup of water on a forest fire in BC. But it's we, we've talked to Minister Beagle. Um, she is fully aware that that's nowhere near enough money to to really do anything. And, and and I know that the federal government is working on coming up with more. But, but they are aware, and we're, we told them, you know, our original ask of the federal government was $195 a head. Straight through every breeding animal from some line in Ontario to the Pacific Ocean. Based at 200 bucks a head and 3 million cattle, mother cows. So it's it's... And, and we also said this would be an interim, immediate, immediate interim request, and that there is going to have to be more money coming. We don't know, you know, we can't even put real numbers to to that until the harvest is over, until until we actually know what we have. The province of Alberta has announced a a per head payment to try and help producers, and has also put in a request to the federal minister, to step up to the plate as well. Yes, they have. Um, the other thing that Alberta did that, that I think is better than the money, actually, is they've opened up crown lands to, you know, where the forage is available to, to get it utilized. Either, you know, in, the, in our case, we've got a forest reserve, some forest reserve, and, and we have great grass up there. Uh we can now, they're going to allow us to put more cattle in or keep the cattle longer. You know, that that will go a long way. Utilize the feed that we have rather than a direct payment. And if we don't have any feed, the payment's really not going to buy any feed anyway. There isn't any there. But but this idea of opening up the crown lands for maybe a little heavier use than they're used to for a, for a period of time, is that's going to be great. That that takes a lot of stress off of, off of the people that have access to it anyway. We've also seen uh, Minister Bobo expand the uh, drought-affected area for the livestock tax deferral. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's finished expanding yet. <laughs> uh, I don't know, and, and I mean, I, I don't even understand really what what makes an area affected or not. But but it's it's going to have to get bigger. I mean, this drought. There's very few places that aren't affected by it, actually. The other thing that we asked of of the of Minister Beeble was to have a, a multi-year tax deferral, not just a one-year tax deferral. Um, reason for that being is, you know, it takes more than one year to replace a herd of cows. I know in, in talking to some producers, some ranchers, they're saying, you know, this is going to be hard to come back from. As a country, we can't afford to let our cow herd get any smaller. And it looks like it will get somewhat smaller for sure this year. And that's that that's the real spooky thing. I, I hear anywhere from 30 to 50% of the cows will be culled. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that their heads will get cut off. Um, you know, hopefully people that have... You know, and it's a business decision, of course, but 
no doubt the price of these call cows is going to go down. And if you've got extra feed, you know, it, it might make good sense to, to buy some of them and keep them, keep them in production. Um, so, so what actually gets slaughtered, I, I would have no idea, but it's, it's going to be a quite a bit bigger calling rate than what we're used to. You know, if you figure the average call rate is 10%, and if we go to 30%, we're increasing the call rate by 20%, which is a lot. Overall, final thoughts, key tips um, that you would like to leave with producers today? I don't know. I mean, we've been through, went through COVID, which that hit everybody. And there was a kind of another thing that the cattle industry actually came through COVID fairly well, the cow-calf industry. But this was the year that we were going to put some profit back in the industry. You know, the stars were all lined up. Global demand for beef is is as high or higher than it's ever been, and it just keeps getting stronger. You know, everything was going to line up, except now we can't produce it because it forgot to rain. That that affects people emotionally and mentally more than anything else, I think. So, you know, really all you can say is to people is keep their head up. We're, as industry, we're doing all we can, and I, and I believe the governments are doing all they can. Uh, and look out for your neighbor, look out for yourself. There's the, the mental aspect of this is scary as can be. And people are there for each other so don't be afraid to to reach out for help that's bob lowe the president of the canadian cattlemen's association for golden west i'm glendalee allen bossler that's it for the prairie egg wire for today if you have any questions or opinions to share send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca on behalf of glendalee allen bossler i'm Corey canute thanks for listening and have a great afternoon The Prairie Ag Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Agriculture is offering an online environmental farm plan workshop August 25th. Tomorrow is the deadline to register. You can go to the Manitoba Agriculture website for more details. The annual general meeting for Farm Credit Canada takes place August 18th at 1 p.m. Visit the FCC website for details. And the Canadian Beef Industry Conference has been rescheduled and moved to an online format this year. It'll take place August 31st to September 2nd. Details at CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, Keystone Agricultural Producers recently held its Summer Advisory Council meeting. The group passed eight resolutions during the virtual meeting. CAP President Bill Campbell commented on some of the resolutions. The canola resolution was just to ensure that the canola industry is involved in some of the the new plant breeding and the uh, conversation about plant breeding varieties and all of that uh, particular aspect. So uh, we want to make sure that, that all of the mainstream crops are included in the conversation as we move forward in this conversation. Number uh, two here had to do with online um, mandatory entry-level training. Um, CAP is looking for something similar to Saskatchewan's model. Yeah, and I think that we all can appreciate and and understand that, you know, COVID has changed the way that things are delivered and and the way we do business. And um, there may be some advantages to come out of that particular aspect. And 
one of them may be the ability to deliver, um, you know, online services. And we feel that uh, the MELT training could use a, a bit of that online aspect with regards to the technical part of it and be able to have producers and participants, um, you know, go through that feature at their own time frame as opposed to, you know, say Monday to Friday, 8 to 5, and, and all of that part. And so if we can take that training uh, online and then conduct a test and then do the on-road training or uh, testing, uh, may be beneficial to everybody's time frame. Uh, third one here had to do with right to repair. Well, we see um, a, a lot more technology utilized in the equipment that we use today. Uh, and But sometimes that uh, technology comes with uh, protection and uh, techniques that not allow the producer the ability or the owner the ability to repair certain things. And so there's, uh, you know, ongoing conversations with regards to I own the machine, I own that technology, but the people that develop the technology say they own the technology. And so there's probably a North American conversation with regards to how we go about this. And, you know, it is at a national level that we have discussed this. But I think it's just to bring the assurance that producers want the right to be able to repair their own equipment in a timely and professional manner. Um, You know, there is always that conversation with regards to changing uh, some of the performance features of equipment. Uh, And I'm not sure that we uh, need to go down that road, but we also want to be able to ensure that our equipment is operating at harvest time. And uh, so that's the the intent of, of that particular resolution is to engage in that conversation with industry and producers to ensure that our equipment is working. The fourth one here had to do with um, extending the uh, deadline for the farmland school tax rebate, looking for, I guess, an extension to the end of September. Yeah. Well, this feature was utilized last year because of COVID. Uh, And when the deadline was um, approached this year, um, that same feature was not allowed. And, I think we can all understand that COVID has not disappeared at this point in time. And so we would just ask that they consider the extension similar to what was utilized last year to accommodate producers to be able to uh, file their farm school tax rebate um, through MASC. The fifth one here um, dealt with the Manitoba hydro infrastructure. Talk about what, what you're looking for there, I guess, just, increasing the the supply capacity well as we move forward we're um, quite involved with conversations about how things may evolve and change on the landscape with regards to carbon tax uh, climate change and fossil fuel usage Uh, and we realize that manitoba is in a bit of a unique position to be able to use hydroelectricity but we realize that some of the infrastructure within our province is incapable of handling the new uh, added features or the new um, upgrades that are are on some of the farms. So this is just a resolution to bring forward, to have that conversation as we move forward to ensure that producers are part of the conversation with regards to hydro upgrades. Um, You know, if we're looking at electric vehicles, 
electric half-tons? How are we going to be able to supply the power to charge those? And as we move forward, I think it takes a bit of vision to realize that are we going to use electricity for our tractors uh, and for our heating and cooling, um, all of those features. We realize that some of this technology can be utilized for grain drying, uh, but is it the most efficient way of drying grain? But we need electricity to move our products around the farm as well. So just to have that longer-term vision as to our electricity requirements. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell commenting on a number of resolutions that were passed at the recent Summer Advisory Council meeting. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Last week, the federal government announced it's making $100 million available through the EGRA recovery framework. Carson Callum is general manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. The Manitoba government, I know, is working hard collaboratively with their counterparts in other provinces and with the federal government to get a program developed here in the province. Very encouraging to see this first step taken for agri-recovery, which is a disaster framework, to uh, you know ensure that the process is is as timely as it can be, understanding that there are steps involved that uh, need to be taken. So it is a good thing. We're hoping that we can hear something from Manitoba government in the very short term on what their program is going to look like and how they may utilize some of those, those agri-recovery dollars committed by the, the feds here initially and get some of this support out the door. It's so urgent. And Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is busy hosting regenerative egg farm tours. Here's Chair Larry Wagner. We had a, a regenerative conference uh, tour at uh, Ryan Boyd's. It was a good turnout. They ran a groups of people in, in series of tours so they could meet the COVID numbers. We're looking at having another tour here or later in the month up at uh, Russell uh, English Country there, so we're hoping to get that going. And people are wanting to see things. People are wanting to get out and meet and talk to people and see what people are doing. Because we won't beat this drought by sitting at home and figuring it out ourselves. We have to go talk to people who are trying different things and making things happen. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll take a look at the weekly crop reports. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.